Welcome to Sneaker Dads, episode six. I'm John Ratner. You can find me at Heads Ain't Ready on Instagram. I've had some great guests you can catch up on. Parlor 23, Alvin from Canada Got Soul, Christian, aka Flippin' Laces, Toddy Flores, and last week, my wife, Amanda. This week, however, for episode six, we have another very, very special team this time, a father and son duo. So let's get into it. how's it going good man thanks for having us thank you so much no problem thank you guys i know you guys are both very busy we have both graham and dan tannenbaum from toronto dan's the dad in case you guys were wondering graham will hear more about both of you uh you can find them on instagram at watch parts motorcycles and soul prodigy 23 we're going to get all into that uh, but first of all before we get into any of the uh nitty-gritty i want to hear what you guys are wearing i know you guys are into sneakers i really don't know how into it you are so maybe this will shed some light uh why don't we start with you graham what are you wearing these days both in you know in around uh what do you have in the rotation i know it's kind of getting colder so you might have switched your footwear what are you wearing these days what do you like to wear well for school i wear black air force ones Mm mm-hmm as part of his uniform. Yeah, that's part of my uniform. And then out of school, I wear the KD Aunt Pearls. Nice, nice. Uh, which one are those? Which Aunt Pearls? What what model? Twelve. Oh, the new newest newest Aunt Pearls, right? Yeah. Cool, cool. And uh, Air Force ones, I guess. So you got to wear a black shoe, and uh, I guess those are just the uh, kind of most basic, but comfy. Are they comfy? Yeah. Yeah, they're comfy. And they loosened up the uh, the uniform rules this year because uh, it used to be like docks or something. And so now he's allowed to wear uh, Air Force Ones. It's like the first year. So um, it, it, it's great that, the, that they've loosened it up enough. Were you had to wear dress shoes before that or what? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um Good stuff. And uh, Dan, how much, uh, how many sneakers, what are you wearing for sneakers these days? So I'm, I'm a classic Jordan one dude. Um, I, I don't, I don't really stray too much from it. Um, I guess I started really with the, uh, the 10 man, which is, uh, which is what Graham? They're, yeah, they're the 10 man. Yeah. Uh, is, they called anything else in that or? And then, and where, where are the blue ones I got recently? I missed, I missed that. Royal. I, Jordan I, I, Royal. What was the Tin Man? What was that one? You guys cut out for a second. They're, they're just called the Tin Man. Uh, he's going to look it up. But then I got the Royals. And then I mm-hmm. got some uh, recently that are silver just in the back. Which ones are those, uh, Graham? I don't know if they have a name, but they're just Jordan ones. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a classic Jordan one fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, I, I love, I love really everything about it from the heritage to the feel to uh the look of them um i just uh, you know uh, i know that they work for me i know that they feel great i i love i love all that nike uh produces but uh i specifically am, am drawn to the jordan ones 
Cool. And I hear you're relying on Graham a little bit for the colorways and stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Graham, you're, you're 12, right? Yeah, I am 12. Just 12? Yeah, just turned 12. Okay, so my daughter's 12, so I know you're probably in grade 7, right? Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I wouldn't know if my daughter wasn't the same age as you, but I'll, I I sound like I'm knowledgeable about ages and grades. But uh, So we'll talk a little bit about your guys and your sneaker, kind of how it, how it affects your relationship and, and things like that. I wanted to kind of go back to how I found you, Dan, and obviously many, many people would know you, uh, and I probably should have before I did, but I, I saw some of your work, a pair you designed at OD Toronto, a uh, consignment shop or, or a sneaker shop in uh, Toronto. But tell us a little bit, Dan, about your professional background and sort of how you got into watch parts art. Well, I, I'm um, right now. The, the, I mean, the, my art is my hobby. It's really my my Zen, my yoga, uh, my moment of kind of relaxation, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a tech entrepreneur, um, really with uh, gaming licenses for lotteries um, for multinational lotteries. But but I was a, I was an art director in my past life. I'm I'm an older man, <laughs> so when I was uh, younger, I was an art director. And uh, when I started my my tech companies, uh, I really felt my my creative spirit dying. I wasn't really accessing my my creativity, um, and and really needed an outlet. Uh, I've been a watch collector most of my life, uh, like sneakers. Uh, I, I I've collected many things all my life, but. Like sneakers, I love the concept of a collection you could wear. So um, I, I've always collected uh, watches. And uh, I was at one of my watch dealers one day, and he had a bucket of watch parts. So I said, what is that? And he said, it's my garbage. So yeah. I said, can I have it? And he was like, yeah, dude, it's my garbage. So uh, I took it home, started fiddling around with it, started making cufflinks, actually. Um, and one thing led to another. I started making motorcycles. Then I started encrusting iconic objects, and uh, I really got into encrusting uh, Jordan 1s. Uh, I've done Air Force 1 as well, but uh, I love the look of them uh, once they're encrusted. They're not wearable. Um, they're, they're art pieces, but, uh, but man, they look cool, and uh, I really enjoyed encrusting them. Yeah, they're amazing. And anyone who hasn't seen them, I encourage them to go check them out on your uh, feed. And I want to talk a little bit more about um, about what what you guys, how your kind of creative creative uh, uh, enterprises work together. And uh, go back to it, Dan. But Graham, how did you get into you? You're you're a sneaker customizer now. Like, was do you credit your dad? Do you credit someone else? Or I mean, you're 12, so you've obviously been been doing creative things I would imagine for a couple of years how, how did that start um I credit my cousins actually uh they were very big sneaker heads and they were always you know t- talking about sneakers around me and so I uh, one day I just you know I was talking with them and they showed me this place called the Mac house and it's where you get a pair of sneakers white and you go there and you customize with the colorway of that shoe. And I did it and I got really into it. Mm-hmm. And I started to do them when I got home. Right on. Mac House is a sort of customized stu- customization studio 
in downtown Toronto where you can kind of book your own time and you can even have a little gathering or you can go in yourself and uh, they provide you uh, a lot of the uh, or all of the uh, supplies and, and you bring a shoe. Is that right, Grant? Yeah, they give you the paints, the brush, and then you just bring the shoe. You know, the problem was, um, is that uh, Graham was so inspired by that, that one session, uh, and he wasn't really able to finish the shoe. Um, and going back and forth was really just not um, a real option for us. Uh, we stopped sure. at a place called uh, Toronto Collective here in Toronto on Spadina. Um, they, they've got amazing uh, accessories from from spray cans to, um, to vinyl figures, but they also sell this um, uh, Angelus uh, paints mm-hmm. uh, specifically for shoes, for leather, um, where you could remove the, um, uh, to prep the, the shoes, you could paint with the leather paint and you could put the, uh, the top of the finisher on. So um, after our session at Mac House, we ended up going to Toronto Collective and just loading up on paints and building the studio here in the house for Graham. Yeah, that's amazing. I know that a couple of guys at Toronto Collective, they, they do great work. And I know a lot of people rely on them for their supplies. So anyone, everyone should should check them out in Mac House. And I think the um, the founder behind Mac House is doing a um, doing a new project, um, uh, a new space in Toronto focused on uh, women, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, you're uh, right. People can look that up, but um, yeah, amazing stuff. And and we discovered my family um, um, Mac House too. Haven't booked this, booked it like you guys have, but again, exactly doing it yourself, getting the supplies is a lot easier, especially um, with with w- the times we're sort of in right now, not being able to necessarily get out all you can. But Graham, you, you said you 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 owe it to your inspiration to your cousins, but doesn't your dad get any credit for, for the artistic or, or creative side or, or it's all the cousins in you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, my creativity all comes from my dad. Okay. Well, we don't have to say all of it. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, obviously <laughs> your dad. <laughs> 20 bucks as he said that. So. <laughs> obviously your dad's creative guy. Then just to go back a little bit, you, you talked about um, the the uh, shoes and uh, some and obviously the, the motorcycles, but you, you've done some some figures and things like that. Can you talk about that and, and, and the kind of interest that it's getting these days? Yeah, well, I, I did a few releases through Kid Robot. Um, I did four releases with them. Um, There's between 20 and 30 figures, depending on the release. And they sold out within five to 10 minutes of the release, which was pretty exciting. Uh, I never really known much about that, um, you know, subcategory of collectors, um, which brought me to Cause. Uh, I've requested a bunch of Cause figures, um, which was really fun to do. Uh, Imagery and and these, these, these sub-collectors that um, I never really come across. Like, uh, I'm actually holding in place a uh, piece of glue on a figure that I'm doing right as we speak. And it's, it, it's a figure called a Gundam. I don't know if you've heard of it. I might even be pronouncing it wrong. It's almost like gonna, a Transformer. I was um, going to ask you about that. I was going to say, is it a Transformer? But I'm obviously yeah. not up to speed. Go, go on. Yeah, it's, it, I mean... If you and I probably saw one, we, we'd call it a transformer. Uh, <laughs> I, I know, I know. In Japan, they just made like a building size one. I don't know if you've seen it on the news that that actually could move. Um, so the, 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 this is another sub collection that, again, I never would have heard of. But someone called me for a commission 
told me about it. I looked it up, uh, got one just to see if, if, if I could encrust it. And, and of course, my OCD attack just, you know, exploded all over it. And um, I'm almost finished it. Very cool. So d- does there, does the, these commissions and these projects ever sort of overwhelm you in terms of time with, with your other career? Or do you have to, you have to balance it, I guess? You know, I don't require much sleep. Um, <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I do a lot of this kind of at night. But I, I need it. Like, I need it in my life. Like, uh, it, it really helps me uh, set, like, I, I joke that it's my yoga, but it really is, in, in essence, my Zen moment, because I, I, I have no music playing. I think of nothing else but the build. And, and it really helps me relax. Mm-hmm. And Graham, you, um, you mentioned Mac House sort of being where things started off for you. I don't know how long they've been around, but maybe not that long. Was that in the last year or so? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was in the last year. I think I think the Mac House actually. So it's uh, it's a section in Toronto called the Stacks, mm-hmm. um, which, like you said, is like right in the heart of downtown. And I think, um, and, and someone could correct me if I'm wrong on a, uh, you know at a later time, but I think that the Stacks started as kind of a like an installation, like it wasn't going to last long. Right. They were mm-hmm. they were gonna and I think it was like almost like a Christmas market. Um but but it ended up being so popular that they kept it around. Yeah. And for people outside of Toronto, it's kind of a hop, skip and a jump from the uh from where the Blue Jays and Raptors place, not not a far walk, kind of right down there by uh almost the lakeshore, but uh and, yeah. and, and, and King Street. But um um Cool. So, so Graham, did that was that something a good thing to do when you were kind of stuck at home over the uh, over the last kind of end of last school year? Did you kind of pick this up? You think more when you were at home, or would you were you doing it anyway? Well, um, I'd say I learned the basics at the Mac House, and yeah. so I just took the, that technique that they taught me at home. And I, you know, I Googled some other techniques, but yeah, they kind of helped me. You know, the problem with that, with what, you know, wanting to be a shoe designer and, 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 and you know, really working on various shoes is you, you can't go out and buy 40 pairs of shoes like a canvas, right? Like, yeah. um, the good news is, is, is he's been busy with a lot of commission work. Uh, but in between, uh, I, I mean, he's got, he's got a waiting list now really to, to get shoes done, but, um, you know, building up to that, you know, level, um, it was difficult and somewhat frustrating for him because he'd want to design a pair of shoes and, you know, he would do stuff on the iPad to, um, you know, prepare a different design, but, you know, having the actual canvas of the shoe, it's, it's, you know, it's not that easy. It's, it's a, a couple hundred bucks if, you know, if that to, to get things started. Yeah, and Graham, I, I'm a, I'm a, uh, old man t- as as uh, as well. But uh, <laughs> I uh, I tried uh, years ago to do some dabbling in customization, and and you're right, it, you you have to learn the you have to learn the techniques. You can it it can get expensive not only with the paints but the shoes, and um, you know there are those basics of you know you don't want to slab on a big chunk you know thick layer it's gonna crack you gotta go thin layers and taping it's all it's it's really it's really an intricate kind of art but uh it's cool that you're getting some um you know you know, some commissions who, who are these like your friends and family or who, who who's uh putting in orders um it's a little bit of family 
and just some random people that follow me or follow my dad and then find me. Awesome. Um, I, yeah, my first like real commission was actually somebody who wasn't in my family and they wanted this cartoon style and I did it and then I got more and more people to ask me to do commissions. So were you doing any art before this or is this where you discovered your artistic skills? Were you, did you like to draw? Did you like to mess around the computer? Were... I always liked to draw at art class at school. But when I started to do the shoes, I like realized that I like I have a lot of creativity and I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. And I saw you recently got featured in an article and you mentioned some of the people you look up to. Can you share that with our with our listeners? Yeah, um, a big one is Serato. He I really love his style and he inspires me to think outside of the box with some themes on the shoes. And then there's the this, this shoe surgeon, mm-hmm. and he takes apart shoes and adds different fabric and, you know, different patterns onto the shoe. And that also really inspired me with the, uh, the patterns on shoes and how you could make it really colorful. And there's some amazing things, not only the shoe surgeon and others are doing with uh, sneakers. It's really, it's really that there's no limit with how people are deconstructing things and it kind of overlaps what you guys are both doing, right, Dan? I mean, your shoes that you're making aren't aren't wearable, but people are doing some things that really cross the line and whether they're wearable, whether they're uh, art pieces, it's sometimes pretty blurry, right? Yeah, it's cool also because, you know, there's there's no wrong way of doing it, right? So you could really stretch your creativity as, as, as far as you want. And that and that's really the exciting part, especially if you have a client um, who who lets you really uh, tap into your own creativity and doesn't confine you too much with um, with, with their vision. Um, that, that actually Graham and I are doing our first collab uh, that he just started today, but it's it's a Rolex shoe. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm doing the lace locks, um, which are going to look wicked cool. And uh, he just started coloring it uh, today, and he's he's just amazing. Uh, the, these shoes are going to really rock. I saw the sneak peek on the uh, Instagram. I think it was your Instagram, right, Graham? It, it would have been mine, actually. I uh, I posted oh. it in my stories. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I already got your guys' work confused, so I have to straighten myself out because uh, our reader, our listeners are going to want to want to see your stuff. So when I I post this next week, uh, I'll be definitely uh, sharing some some of your 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 work. Um, I also read uh, Dan and something um, someone wrote about you that you mentioned being a collector. Something runs in your family, obviously to have you know, parts and little things lying around forever. You have to accumulate, but is, is collecting something that's sort of part of you? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a, like a third generation collector. Uh, you know, when I was young, we would go to antique shows almost every weekend. And, uh, you know, I specifically remember my parents giving me like $10 and, and say like, meet back here in three hours. You know, they, you, you just don't do that anymore. Right. Um, But I've been collecting all my life. But like I said earlier, most of my collections live in drawers. Right. Uh, 19th century photography or whatever the case may be. Uh, And my mom started collecting vintage costume jewelry. Uh, And and again, this was a collection you could wear 
And uh, I just love the concept of that. I love the idea of being able to see your collection, uh, you know, daily and have it kind of be a part of your expression. Right. So with me, if I wear a different watch, I could be, you know, you know, whimsical or uh, I, I could have a real classy one on. And I think the same applies with shoes. You know, for men, we have our I think our glasses, our watches, our belts and our shoes to really, I think, express uh, our own creativity. Um, so I, I love the concept that Graham's working with shoes. I've always collected watches. So I think there's a lot of synergies there. So big on watches and, and what about sneakers? Are, are you, are you kind of wear everything you have or do you have lots of boxes stashed away? It's funny, you know, I, um, I have two pairs of Jordans that I haven't worn. Uh, one specifically, I think I bought three years ago. Um, and not, not because I'm tender with my sneakers or I don't want to get them scuffed up. It's I really want, um, you know, and I do the same with a new watch, is I want a special occasion to start uh, wearing them. So I could always remember when I first put them on. Um, and not that there hasn't been a special occasion in three years, but there hasn't been one that I want to um, <laughs> open this pair for, for some reason or another. Um, just just like my, my Jordan 1 Tin Man that I wear now, uh, those were in my closet for, I think, two or three years before I cracked them open. Yeah, spoken like a true collector. <laughs> what about you, Graham? I know you're, you're um, you know, young, young people don't uh, probably put things in the closet and not wear them because you're going to grow out of them, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, like with my shoes, I don't really wear them until a special occasion. I just wear them the first day I get them. <laughs> That's a, probably even better way to do it. I, I, I think uh, a lot of people, uh, at least people like me, could could learn from you to to wear your shoes. My son says the same thing, and sometimes you know things sit in the closet, and then you put them on, and they're too tight, and uh, you're, you're you're trying to get your mom or dad to buy you another pair, and it's like, well, I got you those pair. <laughs> it's like, right. I'm too big, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I didn't ask you, Graham, you, you said a couple things that you have, but do you have some, some special pairs or maybe pairs that you even grew out of that you remember fondly, or is it mostly, uh, mostly just what you have these days? Um, well, I do have a pair of Nike of the Air Max 97s that I haven't, I haven't, I got them and I haven't worn them that much. I wore them a couple of times, but then I just put them back in the closet and I'm kind of waiting to see if there's like a nice thing that I could wear them to and then just start wearing them for now on. Hopefully we'll have, uh, we'll all have some uh, occasions to get dressed up at in the, in the coming months. What about uh, any of your customs? Have you, do you have any customs sitting around that you kind of kept for yourself or do you, do, do you always, do you always give them to people? Are there some that you're attached to that you say, I want to keep these on the shelf? Well, um, my first pair of customs at, at home, not at the Mac house, I made for myself. I got a pair at Christmas. But um, it's funny because most of the things that I do for other people, I'm like, I don't want to give this away, right? I got too attached to it, which is the hardest part. But I have, I think, uh, maybe two customs for myself, but I haven't mm -hmm. worn them yet. I'm waiting for, like my dad said, a special occasion to pop them out. But Graham brings up a good point, you know, uh, and I do it also. When I when I'm doing a custom for someone, I, I put a lot of, you know, time and effort and, you know, love into it, really. 
And halfway through, almost always, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want to sell this, right? I, <laughs> I want to keep this for myself. But inevitably, when I'm done, I'm done. And, and it goes out. Um, you know, the problem, again, with uh, doing sneakers is, you know, you can't just make one and give it to someone because of, you know, size constraints, right? So you really got to know someone's size if you want to gift them a, a custom sneaker. It's hard because you, you don't know if someone's going to appreciate it. They may be paying for it, but they might not appreciate it as much as you. And you probably appreciate it because you put hours and hours and hours of work into it. Graham, what are those shoes you have? I think I think I saw an Air Force One. Was that one of the ones you kept for yourself? Yeah, the cartoon Air Force One and then my cause Jordans. Uh, those ones I kept and I'm happy. I'm happy I kept them. Mm-hmm. Those cartoons, I have to look up the the other ones, but the cartoon ones are amazing. I I, I, I was really, really impressed with those. And uh, Dan, is there something that that you, I, I guess, if you make something for someone, you you have to sell it from. But do you have a couple favorite pieces that you've you've made a let's stay at home. Yeah, you know, I, I I've kept a few pieces. Uh, I have a pair of Jordans um, that I encrusted that I love. Uh, I have I have uh, a couple of cause pieces that I've encrusted that I love. I have a 20-inch dunny that um, I'll never get rid of. Um, but that being said, if, if someone contacted me, most of my stuff, if not all my stuff, is custom-made to order. Um, but if someone felt the pieces of my personal collection, uh, I wouldn't hesitate to sell it. Mm-hmm. Graham, your dad said he's a bit of a collector. Are you the same? Do you have like stacks of Pokemon? or Or I'm trying to think of what my kids have. Beanie Boos or something, or 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 do do not carry that over from your from your father. Um, I really like to collect comics. Mm-hmm. Anything from Spider Man to Aquaman, really. Um, when I was younger, I collected Pokemon, but I kind of I'm out of that stage. Um, but mm-hmm. those are two really things that I remember really well of collecting. Um, every once in a while, I could I get like a figurine, a dunny. But those are two really ones that I'm that like the comics I'm still collecting to this day. Yeah, I think generally comics are probably better than little figurines in terms of uh, their their use. I like to tell my kids, even though I do buy those buy them figurines that uh, they might not uh, definitely get the use. They might end up in a in a toy box somewhere, which I'm sure you know you know a little bit about. Yeah. Are I know you have a twin brother and an older sister. Are they the same as you, or uh, are different in terms of like their hobbies and collecting, and or maybe even terms of sneakers? Do they do they are they interested in what you are in too? My- my bro- my twin brother, he is very like artsy. So yeah, he loves the art. And then my sister is into sneakers, like the same amount that I am. So it's kind of like a mix. Cool. So they're 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 paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah. Have they dabbled in the? Do they want to take the paintbrush out occasionally and and want some want some tips? I guess maybe. Probably since they're your brother and sister, they probably don't want to hear what you have to t- tell them, right? Well, um, <laughs> the time that I was in the Mac house, um, it was with my sister. Um, oh, cool. And then she kind of lost the patience for, you know, the coat to dry and everything. But, yeah, she's dabbled in it. My my brother is more canvas, you know, like normal, like everybody else. But um, uh, I think he could, if he tried, he may like it, but I don't really know. 
Well, Dan, you, you said there's uh, some studio space. Is that your space or does do you guys have separate spaces or do you share a space? So so my personal studio is in the furnace room. Um, and really with the, the, I, I, the glue I use because it's like super glue is really pretty toxic. So I don't have the kids in there and, and the pieces are like very sharp and they're all over the floor. Right. So it's sure. like a tetanus like nightmare in there. Um, so I set Graham up with another, um, room down here in the basement. So we're at least we're both down here so we can shout, you know, uh, across the way to each other. But, but we're not in the same room. It's good to have a nice, quiet space. I'm sure it's nice to, you know, I know personally, um, you know, especially when everyone was stuck at home over recent months and things, it's nice to kind of have a, a peaceful escape, right? I know, Dan, you were doing this before, but um, you, you, and you talked a little bit about having an, an outlet. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? And then I'm going to ask you the same thing, Graham. I mean, especially especially in in March, April, May, you know, before things got warm, right? Yeah. No, I, you know, for for me, be, being creative on any level um, is just a great way to exercise your brain, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm I I I, I was really stuck for a while looking for an outlet to really express my creativity um and, and i just kind of stumbled on this watch parts thing uh for graham it's 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 shoe design but just you know even if it's you know making models or uh doing something to, I, I think it's such a great exercise for your brain to to be creative on some level some people you know create music you know it doesn't have to be necessarily making something physical um, but, but for me, um, after a long day of work and once the kids are down, once I've connected with my wife on whatever level I need to, uh, being able to go downstairs and, and, um, just not think of anything else, but for the build, um, it helps me, it helps me, uh, grow as a, as a person. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. In terms of my, my personal experience and, and Graham, is it nice to kind of get away from, I'm sure, you know, you, there's some, a lot of screen time when, when you're stuck at home is what is the, what is the designing and the painting do for you? Do you, do you kind of feel, feel it when you're, when you're down there working on something that, that, you know, your mind is, your mind is in a different kind of mode? Yeah. Um, I just do it to get away from like everything like school and just, you know, the pandemic in this case, but I just feel free to like, just express myself on the shoe. Yeah. Very cool. Um, you know, we, I, I have some of those experiences personally and some with my kids, you know, where we're stuck at home, where we want to do an art project and, and uh, we didn't do, uh, we haven't uh, painted our own shoe, although we do have a, a beginner kit from Angelus. And instead, I got my son on Nike ID. It's a, it's a little bit easier there, but it, it still has that creativity. And we have a little mini art studio in the basement that the kids just kind of can go crazy and throw stuff on the wall. And uh, I think it, it was, uh, it, it came in very handy when the cold months and uh, I think I think it will again although they're they're at school what do you what do your friends think about uh, your uh, your uh, your uh, art Graham um it's actually funny because I kind of started out just drawing sneakers and my friends just found just my artwork on Instagram and they're like wait that's you you know and they're like 
I, I never knew that you were this creative and it's it was just they were so nice and they were really supportive which was amazing but it's just they were shocked that I like just I, I can do that on the shoe do do they know what your dad does in, in terms of his artwork or not all of them or some of them some of them um I sometimes like kind of brag in a way no but um so yeah some of them follow my dad and just see his artwork and they also think it's amazing yeah i would too but i guess it's not it's not not everyone is into the uh the uh you know necessarily creative and, and artistic things even though even though i'm sure any anyone would like to to have a piece in in their house you know we talked i talked a little bit about my kids and and I, I mentioned to you guys before that i'm actually back in on the road in montreal and uh, with my family, we're, we're kind of sticking together, although both of my kids are at school. My, my son could be at school now and, and stay at home. But we're actually back on the road because my daughter's having surgery here in Montreal on Monday. She's having a growing rod inserted into her. Well, she actually already has one, so it's replacing it um, for scoliosis. So I wanted to talk a little bit because I know on both of, yeah, at least your dad's social media feed, uh, he was talking a little bit about your health and, and I want to talk, you know, it's a tough time always to, to have health problems, but, um, you know, and you guys, and you guys are obviously have that family support, but I wanted to talk a little bit about it because you've had a little bit of a, a rough go there. I don't know if Graham, you want to tell us or, or your dad wants to talk about, um, just, uh, it's, it's, uh, you're home now. So, obviously you're doing better right yeah I'll, I'll start it off and i'll pass it off to him but graham was experiencing some pretty excruciating stomach pains um almost out of nowhere um and they escalated to a point where it was just too much for him to bear uh and, and then he lost just a, a ton of weight um we ended up at sick kids hospital really a terrific group of uh, doctors uh, looking at him, but uh, he went through the ringer, everything from a colonoscopy to an endoscope to an MRE, x-rays, ultrasounds. Uh, the end of it is that he's got Crohn's disease. Um, he's on a feeding tube now in his home. Um, so it'll be manageable, but um, it, he has Crohn's. Well, you're very brave, Graham. That's a, that's a rough, rough ride. And you know, I didn't bring this up just 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 for something to talk about. Again, my daughter has a lot of health issues, and she actually has a GJ tube, which you may not know, but it's the one that goes in your stomach. So she gets um, she gets a lot of food through there, basically all of her food except for the occasional cheesier Cheerio that she eats just for fun. But um, she has one in her stomach, and she gets we actually make her homemade food in a blender, and then she gets like a like a like a kids kids kind of formula through there so i know a little bit about it and she had a tube in her nose so is that eem um, like, that, like you do that you're you, her? yeah so we feed her uh like a like a high calorie formula overnight and then we do a blenderized my wife's the expert but uh we do like a super high calorie with everything from sweet potatoes to to um, rice, uh, uh, sorry, um, apple cider vinegar, all sorts of stuff that's supposed to be good for your gut and also good to get her to grow because she's quite skinny because it's it's hard. So she switched from a G-tube to a GJ, which has been a lifesaver. So we, we could talk more about that offline if, if you want to hear about my experiences. But that's why I'm asking about this, not, not that this is 
you know, a health-related podcast, but it's obviously a big, big part of our lives. And, and Graham, do you want to tell us a little bit about your time? Sick Kids in Toronto is amazing. We go there all the time for my daughter. She, she's seen by a lot of clinics. But, um, but it must have been rough for you. You have, to, you have to be pretty tough to do with all those. Not, not that you had a choice, right? Yeah. Um, so the first time I was at Sick Kids was I thought I was getting an ultrasound at our our like our family doctor but it turns out there's I had to go to sick kids and it was a big shock to me because you know it's tough because on tv they like really make hospitals seem really dramatic with you know people coming in gurneys every three minutes you know like blood everywhere but it's it was really scary at the first part but when I got there like five hours in I was just I felt a lot more comfortable. You know, I knew that they were helping me, but it was it was a pretty tough experience throughout the entire time there. Mm-hmm. And I know you had to go back again and back and forth, so that's that must be frustrating too, right? Yeah. Um the most frustrating thing was it, it was in between my birthday and it was tough not seeing my brother and sister during that because of COVID. But yeah. yeah, I was there for a week, and that also, like, threw a wrench into my customizing. But um, I'm back, and I'm getting onto those shoes. Good, good. You know, I have to say, I've spent a lot of nights at Sick Kids and, um, and uh, times, and, you know, it's a little bit weird going in there now with all the precautions and things, but at least in Emerge, my experience was it's almost easier now because it's not as many people, so... There's a there's a positive yeah, exactly. sign if you want to look for it, but that you get maybe a little bit more of attention and uh, and uh, and things like that. And uh, I, we're experiencing that here in Montreal. It's quieter. The lines are a little bit shorter. My daughter had to go for a COVID test today because her surgery is on Monday, and, and it was pretty smooth. So um, anyway, I'm, uh, I, that's really really uh, really commendable of you how you how you dealt with that. And uh, and thanks for sharing about it, but. Uh, on even lighter uh, lighter note, um, you got a special kind of shout out message from uh, someone that's uh, very near and dear to uh, a lot of Canada, right? Yeah. You want to tell us about that? Um, so Kyle Larry sent me a message with him and saying that he, I'm in his prayers and hoping that I get well. Um, and it was really really like amazing because you know I look up to him; he's my hero, and um, it was just great to see that you know he also went out of his time to make that message and it just really like lifted my spirits up because it's up and down being in and out of the hospital sure kyle lowry uh obviously a a huge hero to all raptor fans a lot of kids my my daughter's favorite player as well and uh, and a, a great member of the community. I have to tell a story. When my daughter was in Sick Kids, the Raptors visited, and uh, Kyle Lowry didn't come by, but Fred Van Fleet and a couple of the other guys came, and she was on uh, restrictions. No one could come in her room, so they all stood by the door. We got pictures, and they did autographs, and they did all this all this cool stuff. So she has sort of a special connection too. But uh, how do you get Kyle Lowry's attention? Is 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 that? Dandy, you know him, or was this just luck? I mean, you don't have to spill all the beans, but well, like, 
who who gets the attention of Carl Lowry? I know you're a special guy, Graham, but uh, how, how does that? We've happen? got there. There's a there's a hint to how how we did it with what he said with with what Carl Lowry said in it on how we could reach him if we need to reach him. Um, but, okay, we can we can leave yeah, it at that. Uh, if you we, want. We, we, we we've got we've got family <laughs> connections within um, the MLSE. Okay, cool. Yeah, we we're uh, big Raptors fans in in my house. We have tickets. We go. Obviously, we missed we missed them this year uh, in the in the playoffs. But we're big big fans. So uh, I guess you guys are too in your family. You guys uh, watch a lot of the uh, the bubble and the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, fans. Uh, um, we're more hockey, but we love the Raptors so much as well. Yeah, I mean. Uh, the uh, the city really really got behind them this year, and the Leafs too. The Leafs made a, you know, it was nice to format. I mean, you guys watched a lot of hockey uh, in uh, in the in the last couple of months. Yeah, a yeah. lot. <laughs> was there? Uh, did I see there was a big signing the other day? Yeah, I think we got Joe Thornton. So that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice to see that. Uh, nice to see them making some moves in the off season. What What was your take on this season? Uh, I'd love to hear from both of you guys in terms of, uh, uh, you know, we could talk about uh, Leafs, but in terms of Raptors, do you do you think it was? Do you think it was? It was, un, like, do you think it should be considered a normal season? Do you think it was harder to play in the bubble or easier to play in the bubble? Um, I don't really know, but um, I think there's been like people talking about how players think it's a lot easier just from like perspective and I think I just I think the season was good I think they did amazing without Kawhi um I I'm again I'm mad that they didn't win but I think they did a good fight what's your review on the uh you know Raptors in the. Uh, I, I think day. the whole thing was the you know a real Twilight Zone episode. You know it was it was it, it, I think it was difficult on the players. I think it was difficult on the fans. I think it was difficult on the broadcasters. So you know I, I think there's a big asterisk to this whole season. Um, I think I think it might have played out differently if there wasn't a pandemic. Uh, we were definitely on a great trajectory uh, on the way into kind of heading towards the playoffs uh i think we had a great playoff run um but uh i i think that that break um really messes with the psyche of the athletes being away from their families uh just having the extra worry of the pandemic um i just i just don't think the season counts yeah, definitely different, and everyone has their own perspective. But you, you have to commend them, and and you know what you said, Graham, that you know maybe some of them actually enjoyed it. They could focus on their job. They didn't have the distractions. You know, they they uh, they were just there to do a job, and they were around their teams, kind of like a a permanent road trip. So it'll be interesting what happens next year. I know I'm interested in to see what the Raptors are going to do with their roster in the off season, 
and um, and see what the team looks like because, like you said, Dan, they had a really good run, and I think I think uh, you know obviously our star uh, reacted to the bubble probably not not um, not the way we would have liked, but uh, you know everyone had to do it differently, and uh, you know um, we'll see we'll see what happens next year. But it's uh, very exciting. I want to ask you guys what's what's in store before I let you go. Um, maybe maybe uh, Graham, you want to start first. I know you're working on that uh, that collab with your dad. Is is that uh, is that the next big project that you're working on that we should keep an eye yeah, out for? Yeah, it's gonna be killer. I'm almost on the first shoe, and I have a couple more pairs in store. Some Calm the Garcon action on one, and some cartooning. Mm. So I'm excited for those. Very very cool. And you're back at school now, or is uh, how's that? Yeah, going? I'm back in in person school. It's it's going good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I have to commend uh, you, you, you guys, everyone who's going to school and everyone who's doing it at home. It's remarkable how well. I mean, it's an adjustment, I know, and and you know, last year was was probably tough, but uh, you know, all the kids who are doing it at home or doing it at school, amazing. You know, whether it's the masks, whether it's the distancing, or whatever, um, you know, and and you're 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 a perfect example. You say it's going well, and you know. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's hard, but, uh, you know, my kids aren't complaining. They're just kind of happy. Are you happy to be there with your friends and instead of stuck in the house? Is that, is that a big yeah, piece of it? Um, I really missed the social aspect of it. So now being back and talking with friends and just like being in there, it, it's just, it's difficult, but it's, it's fun. That's cool. And Dan, I know uh, we're talking about working with your son. What else can we uh, look forward to from you in the in the near future? You're, you're constantly going on, on different yeah, projects? Yeah, I, I like to stay busy. Um, you know, I, I only take on projects that um, intrigue me. So this, Gunda, this Gundam, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, I'll, I'll be finished this by tomorrow. This took me a couple of weeks to do. Um, I don't have kind of a next project lined up just yet. Uh, I, I, I turned down probably more work than I take on. Um, but, but this one was a really fun project to do. So I'm excited to finish it up and, um, and, and get on to whatever my next project will be. Um, I don't stay dormant too long. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what my next thing is uh, once it crosses my desk. So you sort of you sort of want to pick your spots and you, you want to do things that you you can get behind and, and kind of feel feel passionate about. Is that, yeah, is that fair? Yeah. If, if the, you know, it's just like the Jordans. I, I did probably around 10 of them, but at a certain point, they're going to start looking the same. Right. And I don't, I don't want to I don't want to just spit out the same thing over and over again. So I'm, I'm I've put them aside until I could figure out a way to make it a little bit more different than I've done in the past. Um, and the same was with the Dunnies, the same was with the cause. Um, I love doing them. Don't get me wrong, but I also don't want to producing the same thing over and over again. Um, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy my creativity. Um, so, um, you know, whatever the next project that that's why this Gundam one, uh, I went, I went crazy on because I've never done it before and it excited me. Yeah, very cool. And again, I encourage everyone to take a look at both of your work and they can contact you guys on Instagram. Is that the best way to do it if they want to uh, 
want to get in yeah. touch dm us on on instagram um and we'll we'll usually respond pretty quickly yeah great so dan tannenbaum you can reach at watch parts motorcycles on instagram and his son graham soul prodigy 23 I have to thank you guys so much. This is great. You guys are the first father and son duo. Not that you couldn't have both been on on your own. You definitely could have been, but it's cool that we did it this way, particularly because it's Sneaker Dads, the podcast. And um, again, you guys uh, are amazing, uh, both at what you do and uh, for for doing this and sharing your your stories with us here. So I can't thank you guys enough. It was a real pleasure. Thank you so much. We, we love doing things together, so this was uh, lots of fun to do. Uh, we, we wish th- uh, your daughter well. I hope everything goes okay. Um, and uh, thanks again for thinking of us. Thank you. No problem. We'll keep in touch. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. This is Sneaker Dads, the podcast. I'm John Ratner. We'll be back next week again. And you can find Dan and Graham on Instagram. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.